0: So the point is, because I didn't wallow in my own sorry, doubtful self-compounding, the universe presented me with the opportunity that was right for me.
1: Welcome to Satori Prime's Have It All podcast, where you get your fix of personal development without any of that fluff. A podcast dedicated to the unending quest of self-discovery and remembrance. You'll discover new breakthrough thinking and feeling technology that will cause shifts in all areas of your life, your finances, your body, relationships, and most importantly, your mind. You'll uncover your truest self and for probably the first time in your life, feel 100% worthy of having it all. It's time to stop talking and fantasizing about your dream life and start living it. So get ready to have your mind expanded in the best way possible. Now, fair warning, if you implement what you learn here, your life will never, ever be the same. So are you ready to have it all? Let's go. All right, my friends, so today I'm gonna read you a more recent review, came to us from Noel Brianna, who headlined it, The Soul Seeps Out, Results That Resonate. I absolutely love it. So Noelle Brianna, if you're listening to this, please reach out to me, Elon satoriprime.com, and I will send you a wonderful little gift. So she writes, As I listen to Guy and Elon, I can't help but hear their soul. Two men, brothers, who are surely helping a massive of people create results that resonate with their highest self. The shifts are internal, but they are visible. Cheers to a life where I truly have it all, including an amazing audio experience, bringing me one step closer to becoming myself. Noel Brianna, thank you for the wonderful words. And if you would like to get your own very special gift, then head over to iTunes, leave us an honest rating. And when I read yours out loud, you can again, reach out to me at elon at satori and I will send you a great little gift. All right, let's get on with the show
2: all right beautiful all right everybody uh i brought you an awesome guest today uh for the personal development without the fluff podcast we have here uh katarina and i'll definitely let you do your own uh brief introduction but i'll let you guys know how i met katarina she's a host of a uh popular radio show up in the los angeles area I hesitated on radio because I forget radio is a still thing, but it's different. It's like she does like a live broadcast. It's actually really, really cool. I'm sure she'll tell you all about it. And uh, we actually met, I'm sure you guys have heard us talk about Marcy Locke a, a innumerable amount of times. And we ended up at the same event. Katarina was there. Uh, she made an impression on me, certainly. And we've kind of just been spinning around each other for a little while. So I thought this would be a fun opportunity to... Uh, get to know you a little bit better and have you tell everybody about uh, what it is you do in the world. So, welcome to the show.
0: First of all, thank you for having me. It's so lovely to be here. Yeah, I love it. (laughs) And um, thank you for also giving me a minute to edify myself. So, hey, everyone, if you don't know me, I'm Katerina Kazayas, And like I said, I live up in Los Angeles these days. TV talk show host and a media strategist. So yeah, so strategically I've been a media strategist globally for about uh, 12 years, Um, have done media promotional stuff, TV, radio and print in lots of global markets, Hong Kong and Dubai and and, um, Monaco and London and I'm Canadian originally. But most recently I moved to Los Angeles. It's been about three years because I had a really big childhood dream and I didn't live into it when they say to you when you're 18 years old, what are you going to do with your life? I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a TV talk show host. I wanted to be like a blonde, <laughs> or like a walker. That was the thing. But you know what happened, Guy, is I didn't have the confidence in myself. I didn't believe in myself. And I ended up, instead of pursuing what my heart was telling me to do, I took the safe mental route. Yep. And I ended up in corporate finance. Yep. So I thought, right, you know, Yeah
2: good you know, good, like, good jewish boy also went right into finance yeah
0: totally yeah. <laughs> you know and parents were probably super happy with you right
2: right, right. Yeah. <laughs> for like 15 <laughs> seconds
0: <laughs> yeah my, my parents were like why would you want to go to hollywood and like risk flipping burgers when you can like become an investment banker and buy 25 five dollar burgers totally so i did that and next thing i know 10 years went by between 20 and 30 and At 29 and a half, I had this little look around going, what the heck happened to my dreams and my life and my whole, and uh, I just had to do like a a course correction at that point. And now I'm so happy that I did because now I'm doing the Hollywood dream thing and I'm very excited.
2: (laughs) Nice. So how long have you been in uh, LA for?
0: So Los Angeles, three years.
2: Okay. And you came straight from Canada to LA?
0: No, no. I went from Canada, cold Canada behind an Excel spreadsheet and I went as far away from that as I could. My family's Greek. Yep. So I got a little Mediterranean in me. And uh, I thought, let me quit my job. Let me get my bonus. Let me go to Europe. This right. was in 2006. So life was still good. The economy was good. Stock options were good. The pension plan was good. Everything was great. And I went and I pretty much fucked around for two years. I'll be really honest with you. <laughs> I'd been working 80-hour weeks. I had this investment banker life. I was tired. I was really tired. And I just wanted to travel Europe and learn some languages. And I I based out of Greece and it was amazing. And then the economy collapsed. And next thing you know, like within six weeks, right? Any of us that lived through that, like literally within six weeks, my real estate value had dropped in half. My my stocks had disappeared, like everything. And don't forget, I hadn't worked in two years. So I was kind of like eating into savings just because I thought there was passive income coming in. Yep. And then- my renters oh. disappeared and I was like, what the heck? So um, so I had to go back in traditional life and that's when I went into m- media. I was like, well, now it's my chance to to go into media. Let me do that. But again, Guy, it was very from a um, safety place. Yep. It was a, let me go the corporate road into media. Yep. Let me become a press release writer rather than let me fucking shine. Let me do what I want to do. Let me live into my passion. And what happened at that point was, For my entire 30s so now i'm 31 31 to 39 i stayed in this little traditional media place and then at 20 at 39 so this is like every 10 years right this is happening i looked around and i was like i'm still not living into this dream i'm Mm. i'm starting to i'm starting to harbor regret and i was too young to have regret like i thought if i'm 39 and have regrets for not stepping into my dream yeah how how am i going to feel when i'm 89 Right. And, and that was just, and I thought, I looked around and I thought, shit, you know, if we don't do it now, we're never going to do it. So then I moved to Hollywood.
2: I think that last part is a really unique proposition for like our generation, because I'm, I'm not that much um, younger than you. But, uh, you know, like we're, we're I think it's philosophically one of the first generations that gets to sit around and actually ask themselves a question what would I do that makes me happy? Like that was an unimaginable, I mean, to my parents, maybe a little bit more imaginable, but to their parents, it's like three square meals a day is pretty much your your bottom line for why you're getting a job. So I think it's fascinating. I look at you and I think you could easily be mine and Elon's sister. Um we're also like Mediterranean, like same same kind of like fiery. Like yeah,
3: we're like <laughs> Yeah,
2: we, we also we were in commercial real estate coming out of uh, out of college. I'm still high school. Coming out of college, we went from um, half a million dollar investment to 110 million dollars under asset in commercial real estate in a few years. And when the, when all that happened in 2008, we were like co-captains of the ship, um, lost everything. And same exact thing was like the biggest blessing. Mm. I don't even think it was the biggest blessing in disguise for me. I just knew it was a blessing. I'm like, great. My way out of this industry. I liked my company, despised the industry.
3: Mm. Did
2: did not, I didn't like conversations about money because everybody's life was just about money. And when we were, um, we were probably coaching people for four or five years at that point in time, pro bono, like never took a dollar for it. Didn't didn't even know people got paid for doing yeah. that stuff. I just did it because I enjoyed it. And then I knew I wanted to get out and do something with that. So um, to loop back around, you, I, I watched your video. You have that short clip that you sent me,
0: oh, yeah, mm-hmm. which
2: is awesome. How, how big was that room? It sounded like it was a big room.
0: Yeah, so it was a thousand person audience. So awesome. I kind of moved into... I'm, I'm working it's funny because we have a similar network and um, and i met you through marcy Locke, whom i met through regan hillier right i've since met katarina satori through and it's nice. kind of we're interweaving each other i was having a conversation with katarina last week and i said to her like i'm really feeling this opening of my throat chakra and this 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 um pull to share my story and so i um just to to give a little bit more clarity to to the people watching. So that period for me between 31 and 39, you know, um, I started living into a lot of self-doubt, the self-doubt dialogue. And for any women that are watching this that are sort of mid thirties, it's an interesting period because society tells you by your mid thirties that you're supposed to have hit certain check marks. Like guys feel it on, you know, what's your job? Do you own a house? Do you own a car? But women have that pressure. Plus are you married? Are you, do you have children? Yep. And so what happened to me by mid-30s is I was looking around, and my girlfriends got engaged. They had gotten married. They had had a baby. They had had baby number two. Some of them were getting divorced. And here's me, like, panicking, right, going, I'm five steps behind. You know, I'm 36. Where's my husband? Where's my kids? And let alone... I can't possibly go to Hollywood because now I'm too old. It's too late. I should have been there when I was 20. I can't go as a 36 year old woman. So for 10 years, even though I had this amazing media jet set life in my heart space, I was really fearful of still living into who can Katarina really be. Mm. So to answer your question, it was a journey for me of having to work through the limiting beliefs that we is self-imposed. And that's why now I'm really passionate because It's not easy to step into that. It's really not. You guys know, you know, you go live and you have to be vulnerable and you have to be authentic. And and you've got the other little voice. Your parents' voice is probably like, show the world you're perfect.
3: Mm
0: -hmm. So for me, um, I really am feeling called to be a little uh, empowering. And and my biggest thing is I really take a, a stand for people's ability to live into their dreams. And my thing is, it's never too late. Like I came to Hollywood. And at 41 years old, I was reporting from the Oscars red carpet during Academy Awards Week. And people told me that there was, that, was, that was an impossibility. Yeah. And here I am interviewing Sting and Sharon Stone and cool. Elton John because you know why? Because I allowed myself to align with my path. And when you align with your path, the universe says, here you go. You finally woke up. Absolutely. Right 25 years from when you were 15, walking around with a toothbrush in your hand, pretending you're there. To now, forty years old, you're stepping into it and owning it. So I had a short, um, uh, a short keynote that I had given in Dallas a couple of months ago, and it was all about kind of sharing my story and empowering people that really it is never too late. And that was a thousand person audience in that in that stadium. Beautiful. You know,
2: when you were on that red carpet, was that your organization or you were working for somebody? No,
0: I actually, um, I was actually called by a company who had media credentials. And their person backed out and they had seen and heard of me. So they had said to me, hey, we know you're on the ground in Hollywood. Our budget isn't going to allow us to fly someone over. Yeah. So can you do it for us? And that's a, That's the best call you can get, right? Like, hey. Yeah. But I really want to share this with you guys, whoever's watching. Because you guys talk about this. You and Elon talk about this all the time, right? It's all about what are you vibrating and what are you believing?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So about a week before I got that call, I had auditioned to go be one of the live hosts at Super Bowl. So this is Super Bowl 2017. And they had like 500 applicants, then they cut it down to 60 people, then they cut it down to 12. And I was one of the, like, the shortlisted, you know? And I'm like, oh my God, like here I am, like out of 500 people, they want me to go. Yeah. They only picking eight. So there were 12 of us shortlisted, they were only gonna pick eight. And it was to go do NFL experience for a week and it, it was gonna be in Houston that year, it was amazing. And lo and behold, they called me up and they said, you know, we loved you, but we're not picking you. Sorry. So the old Katarina would have just collapsed, right? Like, this isn't for me. What am I going to do? And so, but the new Katarina that's really starting to recognize that everything happens for a reason mm. was like, that's okay. I'm actually Canadian. I'm a hockey girl anyway. <laughs> so maybe feel bad,
3: right?
0: Um, but I was like, I was okay with it. I'm like, that just means something else is coming down the pipe. Right. Actually, 48 hours later, I get the call. Hey, do you want to do the Oscars? And I'm kind of more of an Academy Awards kind of girl anyway. Yeah. So the point is because I didn't wallow in my own, sorry, doubtful self compounding, the universe presented me with the opportunity that was right for me.
2: Amazing. I, so Talk to me about that because we do talk that about that a lot, right? Like attribution to living in alignment, which it sounds like that's been a big turn for you. Mm-hmm. Um, was what what was like the the turning point? What actually created that that effect? Where you're like, there's something else going on over here because most people are so addicted to the masculine way of doing things. Do do do, make it happen, right? And I agree. There's so many opportunities for bringing yourself down when something is not quote-unquote achieved and feeling like a failure and when you start recognizing that you can just sit in this space the next thing is really coming very quickly um just like you you said so what what happened to you that that became much more clear or is that something you've been pursuing recently a little bit about that no that's
0: easy so you know there's a spectrum right a gender spectrum and whether, forget the physical men, male and female, we all have male and female tendencies and energies inside us, right? Sure. Um, we persecute women for being too far on the masculine. We say she's moody, she's emotional, she's dramatic, she's insensitive, she's too sensitive. But in the same token, we persecute cute men if they're too in the feminine. Yep. If man is too emotional, too vulnerable, we also consider that a weakness. So really we should all try to be playing into this where we recognize both energies I had lived for so long in the 95th percentile of that masculine side. Mm -hmm. I just, I literally got to a point where I was tired. I was tired of action, action, drive, drive, go, go, achieve, achieve. And I'm the oldest daughter. So for me, it was like kind of even worse. You know, my sister could get C's, but if I didn't get an A plus, there was an issue. I
2: have to set the Uh, example.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, so I just, I woke up, I literally woke up one day and just was like, I have so much femininity that I've been apologizing for. Mm. And I wasn't wasn't living as a whole person because there was a whole element of me that I wasn't respecting. I wasn't allowing. And of course, the masculine side is going to get so tired because it needs to be balanced. So the first thing when I recognize that, and I've done a shitload of personal development as well, like I've probably spent, God, in the last five years, probably close to hundred K on personal development, like a lot of money. And, but, but it's, you have to figure out what's going on under the surface and getting that awareness before you can switch it. So for me, I recognized how very masculine I was living and it's tough to see because girls, if, if there's girls on and you're watching, we forget. Cause if you look at me, I'm, I'm a very feminine girl. Like I did ballet for 18 years. I'm, you know, cute. I got little wrists, like very feminine, but I was so masculine. So when I realized that I was tired because I wasn't incorporating the feminine side, I tried to start to understand what does that mean? And what what I understood through conversations and through coaching and through mentoring was the element of um, surrender and trust and a recognition that there is, um, I believe, divine protection. And I really started to understand that saying "get out of your own way." Yeah, like people say that, but you don't understand what that means until you try to understand. Wait a second, if I can just soften a little bit, and and with that softening, not only did the career open up, but the relationships started to open up, and the romantic stuff started to open up. So it's it's all interwoven. Yeah, and uh, so for me, it was just gaining that
2: awareness. So you took you took the question uh, out of my mind. So how does that? Uh, how have you found that impacts your relationships? And I don't necessarily mean romantic, although I'm sure it has. Just like in business or any other setting, like how do you get to show up differently now than previously? So
0: first of all, I stop apologizing for being a female, and 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 that comes with <laughs> stuff as easy as now I wear my hair down. I'm not wearing it in a ponytail oh, with my dresses on and trying to be very you know my black suit. Um, I I almost question and I don't want to get into politics here, but I almost question whether or not there may have been a subconsciously different outcome in people's minds. If Hillary Clinton allowed herself a little more femininity, she was trying to play in a man's world against a man. And what I've recognized is you're not going to win against a man because you're not a man. You know, so just what can you do to bring it down a little bit?
2: Um, And By the way, we're seeing that across the board. I I remember a few years back, the. CEO of uh, GM was taken over by a woman. I think it was GM. Um, and I was so excited because it was a woman with three kids and under her watch or tutelage or whatever you call it in English, it, they had some of the biggest recalls and like worst performance I've ever seen. And it, I'm not saying it was because woman. it was a woman. I was actually disappointed because when it happened, she responded like the way that a man did. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was like no difference. And I've been, I've been saying for quite some time, I think, I would love to see a shift in society. I think it is going to be led by women leadership in corporate, especially in America with Western mind, Like we need corporate to shift for like politics to shift. Um, and I would love to see more of that femininity come through. And it I agree. Is- I think with Hillary, again, not to get political, massively missing. If she really was the grandma, the wife, the, the mother, n-
0: or, you
3: the know.
2: nurturer, um, America would have been like, okay, yeah, we can get down with this. Yeah.
0: And, and the thing that, and I like that you said that because I, I think right now the world really is fiending for some female DNA. Totally. You know, we've been living in this world of competition for so long that we have, to, we have to get onto the spectrum of collaboration. Like we just have to for the evolution of humanity. But um, with us right now, you know, you, you, you take a corporation and they've got to go through layoffs, right? And I have a girlfriend of mine and she works in HR. And she says, you know, they came in and they said to me, you got to fire 100 people like the week before Thanksgiving and you just got to get it done. Yeah. And she's like, I wanted to go in there and just be really apologetic and really warm and really like we're talking about people's lives. Right. And she's like the direction she got from the management team was just get it done. Like 15 minute time slots, get them in, get them out, get them in, get them out. And I just believe and she believed that this could have been done with a lot more compassion with a lot more understanding, with a lot more empathy, and, and I believe that men are also starting to recognize that. I mean, that's so evident with you guys, and it's so important what you're doing to just help shed light on how we can all live in a different reality if we so choose to.
2: Yeah, I think this, this world has been screaming for femininity across the board. Uh, look, it's been patriarchal society for a really, really long time that created a massive disbalance. I'm all for movements like Me Too, but I think that's also like way disbalanced. And at least of the way the energy feels, I'm not saying the intention isn't good. Um, and I and I know that there's a huge spectrum right of people who are about that movement, and I'm all for that, even in kind of a little bit of a destructive way right now, because it's like we we're gonna find the balance in that. Certainly, same for me, right? And I imagine this is true for most people. Like most people have. A, a very dominant masculine energy within their body. Cause being a girly girl doesn't mean that you don't, you're not driven from that energy source. Um, and certainly the last two and a half, three years for me, it's been, I didn't know when I first started looking at that, that that would have been considered more of a feminine energy, just for the same reasons. Like you don't look because well, I don't want to become a feminine, you know, and that kind of stuff. Uh, today, what I look at it as, you know, it's extremely important, powerful, and presencing when you have points of relativity, different paradigms through which you can operate from. I look at it now and I think, well, as I've developed this like feminine energy within my body, it's like two dancers, Mm. like a couple dancing together. And sometimes the man leads and sometimes the woman like shines or flares or, you know, whatever it might be. And it's so cool because as I kind of became more comfortable with it, I'm like, oh, it's interesting. I can sit in my feminine and actually see my masculinity better. Mm. I have a better perspective. I can get into my masculine and be like, Oh, that's interesting. I can see how my feminine would work better in the situation, and then the past, it was all the same. It's like there's just one mode constantly coming out, and it, but, and it uh, really does work.
0: Say, don't you feel more powerful as an individual now that you've got both of those energies that you're respecting? You Hundred percent, right?
2: Because the power comes from balance, right? Mm-hmm. Like uh, you, th- you think about a sports athlete. You know, just to use all the analogies we've been thrown around here, uh, you can't drive off the foot. Or find power if you're not balanced first, right? Where are you going to go, dancer? Same thing. Like, how do you become a powerful dancer? Like balance and poise, and all those things come into play. So, uh, without a doubt. And so, on your on your radio show, what what is the kind of stuff that you're bringing out? I haven't I haven't been exposed enough to it yeah, to know. No,
0: that's okay. So the first thing that happened when I got to Hollywood at 39 years old is everyone told me, "Don't tell anyone how old you are." Right? right? Heaven forbid we age, and heaven forbid we age as women. And heaven forbid we age as women in Hollywood. So I can skew a little younger. I'm 41 and a half right now. So <laughs> I don't like sharing yeah, that. Cool. But, you know, like throw a baseball hat on me and I can easily pass for like 30. Right. So I didn't tell my agent and I didn't tell anyone. And every time the conversation would come up, just organically, because I've done a lot, I would share stories of life experience. And people would say to me, like, there's no way you're 29, you know. And And I looked around and I thought, what? what is going to differentiate me in Hollywood? Mm. I don't really want to compete against the 24 year old from Arkansas because I'm not sure. And so what can Katarina bring to the table? And what I thought was on my quest and my mission at the time to like get hired by CNN or NBC or CBS or any of the letters, right? Um, What can I do to, to differentiate myself? And, And the first thought that came to me is we'll start your own show. Try to pitch your own show to some of the smaller networks and see if they'll take it. So I came up with this concept of what am I really passionate about? And I'm not a car guy, so I don't want to do a show about cars. And I'm not, um, you know, a salesman. And, and like, well, what, what's Katarina about? Mm-hmm. And the answer that came to me was, you're turning 40. What does that mean? So I came up with a concept That's around good. a show called LA40, and it's a play on the words Los Angeles and Life After 40, exploring what does that mean? You know, is it too late to chase your dreams? Should you be over the hill? Should you give up? And we went on with the, the early episodes to really drill into people that have made it big after 40. Mm. So Paulo Coelho and uh, Vera Wang and even Martha Stewart. I mean, she didn't really take off till she was 56. Interesting. And within 20 years had a $400 million net worth empire. Mm -hmm. So the way I look at it is zero to 39 is is what I term as chapter one. That's kind of the R&D phase, like research and development. You're learning, you're growing, you're making mistakes, you're finding out who the fuck you are. Um, 40 to 80 or beyond, right? Yeah. This is chapter two. This is where you actually take all that and you do something with it. And you move into a place where you look around and go, how can I contribute? How can I serve? How can I how can I be a servant leader is kind of how I think of myself. Because I'm naturally a leader. I'm naturally feisty. I get shit done. But now it's coming from a place of who else can it help? It can help the 45-year-old woman in Wisconsin who thinks her life is over because she's 45 and divorcing. Yeah. And not recognizing that now is the time that she can take all of that and just... Go. So my show is I'm empowering, and and it's taken a little bit of a stint around an entrepreneurship, yeah. And really asking people like, how did they decide to pursue their passion and start their companies and build their business? So for those of you that want to watch, it's every Thursday on LAtalkradio.com. It's LAtalkradio.com on on the internet, and um, we're taking the month of August off though, so no shows right now. <laughs> okay. But, but yeah, it's an awesome show, and you don't have to be going into your 40s. There's a lot of good information. But primarily, it was becoming true to who is Katarina authentically. And you should ask yourself, who are you authentically? When your authenticity comes out,
1: you contribute. Hello there. I want to ask you a quick question. Yes, you, our dear listener. Have you felt this desire to work with Guy and I and our Satori Pride family? Have you kind of been on this outside looking in thinking, you know what? Someday, one day, I'll be able to afford working with Guy and Elon. Well, listen closely because today is that day. See, Guy and I have recently launched our latest coaching platform called The Collective. And in it, we get to personally coach people just like you on every area of life that matters most to you. So if you are in fact ready to live a life of having it all, this is an amazing first step. Oh, and I didn't mention the best part. It's just $99 per month That's right, just $99 a month, and you get to learn and grow with Guy and I personally on live trainings. Stay as long as you want, leave whenever you want, just $99 a month. So if you're ready to go on an incredible journey with Guy and I and your fellow Satorian family, simply go to satoriprime.com forward slash collective. Again, satoriprime.com forward slash collective, and join us today. Enough of this one day, someday stuff. Today is your day.
2: Yeah. So you bring up a really interesting point. Um, again, because of how many shifts we're seeing in society over the last 10, 20 years or so, where it's like categorically, <laughs> it's funny at 45, where you're actually, you know, even 30s, right? 30s, I'm sure I'll feel different when I get to my 40s, and your body's still more or less in great shape or, you know, if you took care of it, you're mentally probably in the best place you've ever been in your life emotionally. If you, again, if you've looked at yourself and kind of had that introspection and when you have the most to offer is when people feel the least valuable, it's kind of this ironic thing. And in past generations, I get that because you're like 50, 60, the body was wearing down. The only people you really pass information down to is like your grandchildren and hopefully if your kids, but you're probably, you know, at war with each other. Uh, <laughs> and now... You know, I think what's cool about the generations that are coming up, you've, you know, you've been part of the Internet generation for 20 years or more like I have been. And we understand that we can remain in communication with an audience that is seeking to learn, grow in a specific way. And age is no longer a determining factor about what that is. It's really your willingness to say, hey, am I going to leverage the tools that are available now? I think the generation after us um, find found or finds that transition difficult because they think like Snapchat, they're like, I can't learn that Facebook. I can't Mm -hmm. learn that. And it's kind of silly because it's really seems to us probably not that difficult. Mm -hmm. So it's cool because it's, you know, we're bringing in a new wave of people who are saying, I I have gained all this experience. I have a willingness and ability to share it with whoever this connects with. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing. So I love, I love the idea of that show. What's it, has it transformed or do you continue to kind of have that stream?
0: Yeah, no. Um, Basically, it's interesting because it started off kind of as a lifestyle show. So talking about, you know, should you like for women, let's say, should you freeze your eggs? Is it a good idea? And then we were talking about like for guys, you know, should you should you move to that city, even though you've always lived in Chicago? You know, but because of my own growth, the show is starting to take on a little bit more of a um, of a empowerment feel to it. So I like, I I believe, I told you that I had this dream of being a TV host when I was a little girl. And I believe now that part of that is because I'm supposed to be a catalyst for engaging conversation. So that's kind of what I'm feeling drawn to is being being a support to this whole movement of raising the consciousness for everybody. Yeah. And my contribution is allowing and having a platform where these kinds of conversations can not only be had, but can be redistributed.
2: And how long has the Shamba gone on for?
0: So we've had it going on for almost a year. Yeah. Yeah, about a year. And uh, that's why we're taking August off because we're actually rebranding it a little bit. Okay. We're going to come up in September a little bit differently. I don't want to talk about that yet. Secret. So cool. But um, but yeah, if you're not following me, follow me because we also stream it every week on Facebook. So we're streaming through the studio. Um, We film out of Sherman Oaks in Los Angeles for anyone that knows L.A. Uh, But because it's digital, it's all over the world. So we've got people that watch from Portugal and from Canada and from Mexico. And the audience is growing. But I think, again, when you put out good content, you're going to magnetize the people that are supposed to hear that message.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, and you guys should definitely check it out because it's not—it's not like amateur hour, like with me, where I where I do a Zoom thing. Like she actually has like a proper desk, and it looks like a proper studio. It's—it's really cool. So that's why, like, i am attracted to it because it's in today's world that differentiates, like, because everybody's just like kind of sitting in their living room doing interviews today on podcasts when you know, and they don't do the uh, the professional aspect of it. So it's very cool. Um, I love it. So I won't ask you too much about the. where it's this going. But
0: it's not- I, I, I want to add a little comment in here yeah. for, just to go back to what we were talking about a minute ago, which is um, kind of that mid 40s, mid 50s is where you've got a lot of your power. Yeah. I think you're 100% right. We're physically fit. We're mentally still engaging. We've got the energy. And my grandmother, and again, for anyone that's sort of sitting in that space, I would say anywhere from 34 to 54. And you're kind of questioning is it too late? Am I too old? my grandmother said something that was a bit of a catalyst for me mm-hmm. i was 37 years old and we were having a conversation she was 85 and at the time and she said to me just randomly we weren't even talking about anything but she made a comment that said you know my best years were up until like 35 to 50. To, to and i was 37 at the time thinking i was too old it was too late no one's going to marry me i'm never going to get to hollywood my life is over and she said that and I paused and I thought, oh my God, this is a woman at 85, looking back at her life, telling me that her best years, I still had 12 years of best years. Yeah. And that sort of shook me enough to say, what the heck am I doing? And then what I did, and this is a really great exercise for anyone that might be playing in that self-doubt phase right now, I wrote, I literally, Guy, I wrote myself a letter from And it's so cliche right now, but I swear to God, I did it from my future self, from my 90-year-old self. And I talked to my 90-year-old self or to my 37-year-old self from my 98-year-old self. And you know what the, 90, the 90-year-old self said? She looked down at that girl and she said, you are so young and wow. energetic and beautiful and passionate. Like, get your head out of your ass. Swear to God, that exercise changed my life.
2: I love that. And I, I do think it's really easy to lose perspective because like whatever age you're at, the people who got 20, 30 years on you are looking back at you going, damn, you don't know how good you have it. Yeah. You know? And um, <laughs> when I was growing up as a teenager, there was a song in the States right around graduation time in high school. Every year there's like that, that new graduation song that comes out. And that year, um, Boz Lerman, who I think is a director in Hollywood, if I'm not mistaken, I don't, I, don't, I always forget to check who, who he is but he did a commencement speech for like class of 99 or something like that. And they turned it into the song. It's called the sunscreen song. I highly recommend watching it on YouTube. It's Correct. very, very, very moving. And, and it's been redone by a million kids. Like, I like this, this one, especially there's this like young Asian kid who like took it as a life philosophy and lived his whole life based on what this guy said in this commencement speech. Cause it's brilliant. So in like short, he says, I'm about to dispel all this wisdom to you, but he goes, it's all just my meandering opinions. It's, it doesn't mean anything he goes, but if there's one words of advice I would give you is wear sunscreen. He goes, (laughs) he goes, it's indisputable that if you wear sunscreen, you will protect yourself from the sun and you will put off like cancers and blah, blah, blah. He goes, the rest of it is just my shit. i made up, but the (laughs) shit, but the shit he made up is brilliant. So, um, the reason I bring that up is because he he makes this point that he's like, use your body to the best of your ability. He goes, you don't know how young, beautiful, vibrant, blah, blah, blah. He goes with this whole thing about how it is and you'll regret it when you get older and it's no longer your tool. Um, and I, and I kind of have lived with that philosophy my during my life too, because I, I, I realize that now as I look back at people younger than me, even just five, six, seven years. And I remember being there also. I'm like, damn, if I knew
0: but don't you don't you at this point, because you and you just said it, right? The older we get and it comes with maturity, but you feel a little bit wise. Like imagine the wisdom that you will have with another 40 years on you.
2: Sure, sure.
0: Massive. And but I think everyone has to contribute whatever wisdom they have. Cause somebody younger needs to hear it or not needs to hear it, because I don't want to be patronizing. Yeah. Uh, but can benefit from something you may or may not say. That's why we need to use our throat chakra voices.
2: Absolutely. Well, look. I mean, when I was growing up, thirty and forty year olds didn't didn't really look like this on the regular. So some, some something is shifting. Whether it's um, nutrition, maybe, but I think more more psychology has shifted. Like we're, it depends on how you're looking at life. You're either stressing less or stressing out a lot more, mm-hmm. right? And to me, that's like the number one thing of going to deteriorate your body. And of course, there's all these like health hacks and whatnot but like, I don't remember people looking like this and having access to information the way we, we have it. Like when I, I always, I've said for a long time, the internet made me a genius. Mm-hmm. I was not a researcher. I didn't go out, seek books. I didn't even learn that I liked reading until I was 24 years old or, or about that age. And the moment I started having access to information, I was like, damn, I like a lot of different things. Uh, but again, today it's so beautiful because I don't you know, the level of wisdom that someone like me or you can carry at this age, I don't think this was the norm. Mm. Robert Greene has this really beautiful book called Mastery. And he kind of it's one of my favorite books. And I always tell every entrepreneur, if you read the first hour of that book, and your like head and ass is not on fire, then just immediately stopping an entrepreneur, this is not for you. Because entrepreneurship is it's a a pathway to mastery, right? So he goes through all these... um, Uh, different processes. But the bottom line is, I think in the past, you had people like Mozart, Beethoven, uh, um, Einstein, and whatever. And when you look at how they became the way they became, it was certainly a curiosity about an area of life that was also directly nurtured by their environment and and that was so rare in the past right that was so rare because it's like what are the chances that you like it and you're in a place that could suffice and help you grow in that area of life very rare but in today's world if you have one of these yeah exactly thank you you just did what i was about to do you see you are my sister if you're if you're about if you have one of these and you have something you're curious about then go on that ride and find out what it's like to become a master and i'll say and i'll say this lastly because mastery will teach you everything you get to know about yourself it doesn't matter if you liked marbles and you want to be the best at collecting marbles in the world or you want to have a radio show or you want to paint or you want to be a clown. It doesn't matter if you really walk that path towards mastery. The growth internally is inevitable. You'll have to deal with the same shit that every person who's introspective ever had to deal with. And yes. that's, for me, the opportunity of today's world.
0: And, and, and it's a massive opportunity. And I actually want to piggyback on that and talk to the parents that are that are maybe watching this right now. Because one of the biggest tragedies that I think is still happening right now is the school system and the way we are measuring our kids. We're measuring our kids on this antiquated reading, writing, arithmetic, right? So we're telling our kids from the age of seven, if you're not good at reading, writing, and arithmetic, then you're somehow average or you're dumb. Even though this seven-year-old could be a genius with colors, right? A genius with colors. And instead of recognizing that and cultivating that genius in him, we tell him, yeah, but put the crayons away because you should be focusing on reading, writing, and arithmetic. What if somebody is a spatial genius? Like they could take Legos and build a fucking empire. But we tell them, put the Legos down. You better be good at reading, writing, and arithmetic. And this kid starts getting C's starts feeling average, starts feeling insecure. And then what we do with these kids is when they become teenagers and young adults, is we then bombard them with societal messaging of, if you don't buy that car, you're never gonna get the girl. If you don't get those fake eyelashes, you're never gonna be beautiful. If you don't buy Xanax, you're never gonna relax. And so we've just, as a society, are constantly reinforcing this notion that you're not enough. And to your point, if we can recognize and cultivate, especially in children, what skills come naturally to them naturally to me came communication naturally to me came presence naturally to me came articulation why the fuck did i spend 10 years behind a desk doing excel spreadsheets like it was the wrong use of me and so if you have kids i'd really implore you to like yes look at their report card but don't just take the word of one teacher who's dealing with 35 screaming kids and try to spend some time recognizing what could be your child's genius.
2: Life, I realized when I published it that I didn't actually make it public. The, the whole video, the first like thirty minutes, was private on my page.
0: Oh, that's so funny! That's oh, well. okay. It's
2: okay. <laughs> life isn't a curriculum. <laughs> I couldn't agree more on on that front. Like for me, it's the moment you try to plan a life, then then you plan to have people who. Uh, have the same fears uh, are constrained by the same type of things. And that's kind of what you find with the school system. At least my experience, people ask me about school. It wasn't like I had a negative school experience. I was like small, I got beat up a little bit, like things like that. I'm sure there's trauma. I've looked at it, blah, 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 right. Whatever. Welcome to the human race. Yeah. And at the end of the day though, like that, um, the feeling of, of, of like space and expansion is probably the most exciting space for me. Cause it's a space of creativity and mm-hmm. school, Squashes that. It puts you into a lane and says, "Here's how this is gonna go. Here's how we're gonna test you." Einstein has that quote. He's like, "If you tell a fish that being a genius is climbing a tree or whatever it is, like I'm gonna mess it up." But you know, it's climbing a tree. The fish is gonna spend his whole life thinking stupid. And I do feel like for for the majority of people, that's the case. And then there are a a few that just that's they operate well in that space. And God bless them. You know, like go do your thing. But it's weird that we put kids in a situation where they have to like choose this lane so early on. I really look back and I wish if I had like a wish about schooling that my parents would have told me it's okay that I don't have to do well. That doesn't matter that what's more interesting, what they're more interested in is what am I passionate about? Mm-hmm. And honestly, with my kids, like I think about college, like what I send my kids to college, and I, I don't want to, if they were like, I absolutely want to go, I suppose I would figure it out. And having a kid on the way right now, I guess we'll yeah. find out. In 18 you're,
0: just try, you're just trying to be cheap. You don't want to spend 150k. Yeah,
2: on- totally cheap. <laughs> 150k by then it's going to be like a million dollars to put your kid in college. But I have a deal with my like a kid, because I feel personally if I would again discovered the the love to learn uh, the love to learn and the love to read earlier on in life I would have been like damn I wish I did that mm-hmm. so if my parents were like look you don't got to go to school but you have to read 25 books every year after the first year I'd be like I can do 30 after the second year I'd be like I can do 60 by the fourth year I'd be like I love reading but I would have discovered not from people who were necessarily maybe teaching me in a one-on-one environment, but I would have expanded my horizons a lot more and probably found certain lanes that I'm like, damn, I'm really passionate about that. And I feel like I would have excelled a little bit earlier on in life. And I still feel like I'm on a very good path. So I'm very, very grateful. Um, Even so that's like one of my like, like wish desires that I want to really instill in my children. Yeah.
0: Well, it's interesting because I have a sister and she and her husband are having this debate right now. Um, They've got two little boys. They're five and two. And they're having this debate. And my brother-in-law wants to homeschool mm. just because he wants to keep them out of this system that's going to squash them. And he's, a, he's an entrepreneur, so he's very creative, right. global. But my sister, on, on the flip side, is like, well, we need them to learn interpersonal skills. We need them to learn how to interact. And you can kind of appreciate both points. So I think it goes back to what you said, is we need to collectively look at how can we make traditional school better? And in a way that is going to benefit more of us.
2: Yeah. So I love this turn that we've made into completely different territory than uh-huh. <laughs> before, before. It's <laughs> awesome.
0: But uh, The best part is neither one of us is parents. You are like a parent on the way.
2: I'm a parent. I'm a parent um, in the making.
0: Yeah. A
2: yeah. yeah I'm pre-parenting. Well, so this brings up a good point because that's really common. So it's so funny, right? Like Democrat, Republican, liberal, conservative, and then you get in the household, and you kind of get both. I'm again so grateful. Like <laughs> me and Mandy are, are really on the same page when it comes to like all these things. But that's so interesting to me, because it's like interpersonal skills, like that's where you learned it. I feel like I unlearned interpersonal skills in school, because I started making myself wrong in comparison to everybody else. Now, if you would have put me in an environment that I felt good in, like I felt confident, or at least baseline excited to go and learn that thing, I would have met like minded people like me, People who, when I, when I speak my voice, they'd be like, wow, that's great. And when they speak, I'm like, wow, that's great. And I want to learn about communicating in a much better way. Because like now I've had to unlearn a lot of the shit I made up about myself <laughs> when I when I was those ages learning these awesome interpersonal skills while people are spinning and beating the shit out of you. Like I didn't learn great interpersonal skills while that was happening. I learned how to really dislike people while that was happening. So, and,
0: and, But I think that's part of the human experience because to, to, for example- when I was in the eighth grade, I was chewing gum one day and this girl looks at me and she's like, you chew gum like a horse, right? I swear to God, guy, I have not chewed gum since that day because I do not allow that. So people offer me gum and I won't take it, like I'll take a mint, but it's just so, so, so part of my, I guess to play devil's advocate, part of it is, is that just the human experience of being a child? Are we just going to be mean to each other? because we're finding out who we are and it's easier to make the other person wrong. Yes. I, don't, I don't know, I don't know. That's
2: I fine. don't know the truth, but he, I'll propose something.
0: Mm.
2: So we live in a capitalistic society, right? And, and capitalism preaches that there's a winner and a loser. Mm. And school, every, everything that we do is kind of built off that idea. Like I'm, I'm very much looking forward to the day where we sit back and say, hey, this capitalism thing, it was awesome for a while. Now it's fucking shit up royally. Like it's great for innovation, not great for the planet, not great for people, not great on so many levels that we can see it. And yes, while it created an incredible economic machine, is that the only thing that we want to focus on in this world is like greater economics. So when you look into the school systems, when you do have lanes and you're saying to people, hey, look, we're going to test you. Everything becomes about point of relativity. I got to be better than you, right? So then things like that open up like, hey, you chew like a horse because why? Because I got to be better than you. Mm-hmm. I'm not looking for ways to connect with you. I'm looking for ways to prop my ego up and put your ego down to the ground so I can get my little fucking boost and move along with my day. <laughs> to me, again, like, that is, like I, I, I can see that that's the environment. I'm like, do you really want to put a child or really anybody into that environment? And like the workplace is the same way. You don't, people don't love their workplaces. So, you know, like what what's the underbelly of that? I think we really could be asking those questions. And I think most of Americans are really scared to ask those questions mm. because it's like a religion here and it's becoming uh, like a religion everywhere else.
0: And the, the crazy thing, again, is society is, is formed in a way that feeds us so much, um, Your audience will probably appreciate this comment. I don't want it to sound um, arrogant, but, like, they feed America football and beer and Kardashians. Mm -hmm. And people get so caught up in spending hours doing that every week that they don't have time to think of what is my genius, what is my person, what could I be contributing? Because, heaven forbid, I don't watch the Pro Bowl. And I got nothing against football. Again, I'm Canadian. I like hockey. But, like, do you do it for 14 hours a week? you know? And yet I believe society is built that way to keep the masses down so that we don't have these conversations.
2: I agree. It'll, I I'm, I'm happy when people are open to it, that they're looking for just a different way. Like I'm not proposing ever that something is better than anything else. It's just, if we're not going to even ask the questions, like, you know, there's nothing that hasn't evolved, right? Like health and fitness it's evolved. um, the places in life, like, well, and whatever, I didn't want to keep going down that road, but you guys can see like technology's evolving, relationships are evolving, money's evolving, like, you know, everything is evolving. The two things that people refuse to want to revolve in is religion, like spiritual practices, right? Like religious dogmatic. Like you don't think things have changed in 2000 years about like we've discovered a few things in 2000 years about a religion. Like I get the book is a, is a good foundation. I'm not putting down religion. I'm just saying like it's evolving. You may want to look at it from an evolutionary perspective, but about some of the things that we've discovered philosophically and uh, spiritually over the last 2000 years, maybe. Um, I think Buddhism is probably the most open to it because Buddhism is not really a religion. It's more of a philosophy. So in Buddhism, there's a, these things called the three turnings of the wheel and right now we're actually in the process of the fourth turning of the wheel, really good thing to do some research on. Um, and, uh, and, you know, economics, when it comes to like uh, how countries are put together, like capitalism had a really good place two, 300 years ago and democracy could be evolving in a way that would be much more democratic by today's standards. Um, and yet it's like, you find that society creates rules And then the rules are tested over time, they work for a period, then they are tested over time, and they break. And instead of building new rules, we put more rules underneath it to hold up the original rule. And then you have these 10s of 1000s of laws that nobody can fucking encapsulate in their lives, instead of just letting something fall and then be like, Oh, that didn't work, right? Let's create new. (laughs) So I kind of look at all systems that way. So it'd be nice to just let a few things fall away. So we can actually have space to create something new.
0: Um, to, to, to comment on your, your talk about capitalism. And I, I completely agree with you. There was a time and a place for it. Um, I don't know if there's any history buffs out there right now, but I just finished watching um, this awesome series. You can watch it on YouTube. It's from the History Channel originally, but it's called The Men Who Built America. Yep. And, right. uh, yeah, and it talks about like, the Rockefellers, the Vanderbilts, all this. But What I loved about it is there was the capitalistic stint, but all of them came from a place of believing in a higher power, Mm. believing in destiny, believing in their purpose and their passion. And I think the reason they were so successful is because they led with that vision and they didn't allow fear to get in the way. And that literally built America. So for history buffs, if you haven't watched this yet, like go Google it. And, and it's the history channel called the men who built America, but watch the long ones. Like there's like one, there's episodes that are like a hundred and an hour and a half, like 125 yeah. minutes. Watch the long version versus the short one, and I think there's only six, right? But it I was remember after- seeing
2: that. I remember seeing about J.P. Morgan. I remember seeing yeah. that the, uh, the awesome United awesome. States had run out of money, and J.P. Morgan actually came out and bailed the entire country.
0: Right.
3: So
2: right. It, it's you know it's funny that you said that because when he first said it, I thought, well, yeah, those guys who stomped on everybody and pillaged and, and raped and did all the things, and then I thought to myself, well, you know what? Like they were the original capitalists, right? That that created that kind of thing, and it's like any religion, like the disciples of the disciples get it wrong already, they never get it right. And it's almost like we've been trying to emulate and mimic those guys, but it's like everybody gets to discover their own truth. There's no one right way to do anything in this world. And if you're gonna try to retroactively go back and become like those people, of course you're not gonna do well because you don't know the, the soul and the heart, like you said, that may have actually been there. And given cer- certain actions that those people took, you could see that it was different, differently done than it's done today.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So maybe that's very, it's very interesting point. Love it. I
0: think you and I could talk all day. (laughs) We
2: probably could do this. So you mentioned your show. Why don't you remind everybody again, what your show is and uh, we'll start, we'll start wrapping it up.
0: Absolutely. So two things I'm going to plug right now. Um, Number one is the show. Like I said, um, LATalkradio.com LATalkradio.com. It's actually a TV web series, but it streams on that platform. And it's every Thursday at 11am Pacific but we're taking the month of August off. Um, Don't stress about that URL because we also stream it on my Facebook. So every Thursday morning, 11 a.m. Pacific, tune in starting September. Um, And then number two, I just came out with my book, um, which is is all about how to overcome limiting beliefs. Because again, I spent almost a decade in this world of misery. And so my co-author and I have put some, some information into a book that we really hope can be of help. So for anyone looking to overcome some negative limiting beliefs, um, get the book. It's on Amazon. It's called How to Rise Up from Mental Slavery, Overcoming Your Limiting Beliefs to Hit Your Infinite Potential. So uh, Rising Up from Mental Slavery is the title, Rising Up from Mental Slavery. It's on Amazon. And uh, and yeah, I'm just excited for anyone that doesn't know me. um, It's really nice to be in this space. I thank you, Guy, for allowing me here. It's really funny. I'm going to share a really funny story with people real quick. Go for it. So I saw you on a video that Marcy had uploaded. Yeah, and probably talking uh,
2: about aliens and ayahuasca and penises and all that stuff right (laughs) (laughs) now.
0: But I was like, this guy's cool. So anyone cool that I see, I'll you know I'll Facebook follow them. And then next thing I know, guy's doing one of his like spinning music things. So I'm a massive, biggest, massive house music chill person. So I literally fell in love with your music. Nice. And then like three, four weeks later, we ended up at this mastermind in San Diego where I physically met you in person. Right. I remember being like, I know this guy from somewhere. And then I realized afterwards, like this is the fucking amazing DJ. <laughs> that's,
2: that's too funny. Had,
0: that's how I had to. And then I, then I started really following you and realized like, wow, these guys are amazing. So thank you to you and Elon for all of the really awesome content you're putting out. Um, mm. Cause you guys really are putting out amazing content. I thank you for that.
2: Thank you, love. I want to ask you one more question real quick. It's funny though, that you bring that up. Like um, I, 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 I spin a lot. So I started, you know, broadcasting everything on Facebook, but because I broadcast so much, I think people started thinking I'm an actual DJ and I, and I so, and I, I mean, I am in the way that I practice it. Uh, I so rarely even do public events, like maybe one, maybe two a year. Like I'll do anything. I don't pursue it as a hobby. I really do it for the pure passion and, and love of it, which is maybe what comes through um, in the music. And Uh, now (laughs) when I meet people like, Oh, you're the DJ. I'm like, I am, but that's not what I actually do. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, Oh shit. I'm kind of shooting my, my brand here. It's interesting. I met a woman not too long ago. She said, you're missing the point about your music. She goes, you're healing people with it. I was like, interesting. Okay. So I started, um, holding that frequency when I spin the sets to see, to see if there's going to some kind of impact. So I'm waiting to see if there's any feedback on that effect.
0: I can feedback you right now. Would you like some? I can absolutely feel the intention that you are putting into offering something of value, even through the music. Mm. Um, Every time you spin, I can feel it's not just coming from a surface place. And aside from the fact that I like the type of music that you, that you work with, um, there is so much, love coming through it. Mm. So yes, if you're holding that intention, it's absolutely coming
2: through. Thank you, love. I appreciate that very much. So I have one more question for you. So the book is mental slavery, right? Yes. Come on. You're, you're a Hollywood pro get the things out. There we go. Mental slavery, how to unleash your infinite potential. So with that, you've been on this you've been on this journey, blessed sacred journey. I love it. I, I, I hope more and more people on this planet are, are courageous enough to take such journeys one thing, one thing that when you first got started, you wish you would have read that book, you took that course, you would have known that thing. What's that thing that you would tell somebody to start opening them up?
0: Don't be scared to be you. Mm. Don't apologize. Don't apologize for being too fast, too slow, too tall, too short, too pretty, too ugly. Don't, don't apologize for being you. Um, mm. It's hard. But it's only until you start to love on those pieces of yourself that you were told weren't ideal, that things begin to change.
3: So,
2: yeah. I love that. It's the quirks that make you special. Mm. You go you go interview – I agree with that a million percent. You go and interview any of your friends and family that love you to pieces, and you will bring up the things that you don't like about yourself, and they'll say the exact opposite. They'll be like, that's exactly why I do love you. Totally. <laughs> you talk too fast, or you talk too slow, or you stutter, or you sound, or you squeak. <laughs> Yeah.
0: (laughs) And again, we, we've all got to just appreciate who we are. Like you said, right. You and I are both like, we're just a little passionate. I talk fast all the time. I'm not going to not talk fast. So for me to pretend that I'm like some Zen person, it's not serving anyone. Totally. You know, it just, so be you. I know it's cliche, but it's so true. No, Um,
2: it's so so true. It's underrated and misunderstood when you say that to people. When people get online or they want to be coaches or something, and I get these questions a lot. How did you start your business? What would you recommend that I do? so a few things I actually mentioned one of them on this call. I said, "Go grab robert green's mastery read that if it's if this if that doesn't connect, oh, yeah. get out and then the number two is be yourself and it's like be yourself like ten times more than you think you need to be yourself I think when they're I think when you're on stage right when you 're stage acting or you're in front of a camera it's like they they tell you to like do like go bigger than you would normally go. Right. So it's like, don't just like smiles, like smile bigger. Cause like the camera doesn't pick up on something or whatever. It doesn't come through. I don't, I'm not an actor. I don't know, but I, I've heard that before. I feel the same way. It's like be 10 times more authentic than you think that you're, that you're allowed to be like, it might seem over the top to you. It might seem brash or like it lacks humbleness or whatever it is. Just fucking do it. Like, just let it out because we are, that's, that's what we are. We are people who want freedom, power, and full self-expression. And, and if you're a human being who's not experiencing freedom, power, full self-expression, you feel like shit. <laughs> that's, that's bottom line. So you might as well go for it and see what it feels like. Cause when you are 80, you're going to look back and be like, fuck, that was not nearly as hard as I made it at that time.
0: Yeah. And I think that's the, 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 that's the paradigm we all fall into is this notion that life is supposed to be hard and stressful and struggling and pushing and grinding And the more I relax into the feminine of why can't it be easy? Why can't I assume the right person's going to magnetize to me? It's funny because it just feels and sounds so woo-woo from the family I grew up in. Yeah. The society and the culture and the city. Um, But I think there's a collective recognition that that life can be a little bit easier.
2: Love it. So I... Funny enough, we just started a membership community called The Collective exactly to train on that (laughs) because that's exactly what we feel like we get to spread the message of it's easy. Uh, We've all grown up with the conversation about resiliency and that's the evolution right now is that fuck resiliency. And I'm not saying humans don't get to be resilient. It's like we've tested that model. We do it really, really well. And there really is space to play and make things really easy. Just like you've said, being in this alignment, being on your path and journey, the, if you're really authentically there, the people you need, the money shows up, the resources come to you, you. You don't have to work very hard. It's just that, you know, 70, 80, 90% of the American public, the world's population is doing everything outside of their alignment. They live there so much they don't even know there's an aligned place to live from. And if, if that's all you take away from this interview yeah. is get curious about your alignment, this is this was valuable, like super valuable. And it really just requires curiosity. Awesome, babe. Thank you so much for being here. It was a blast. We should Thank definitely you. do it again sometimes. And I'd love to initiate you into the Ferdman family at some point in time. You belong here.
0: <laughs> and if you're ever doing any like live event and you're actually DJing, having a party somewhere, make sure to call me, I'm only a couple hours away. <laughs> I'll this come and rock out in the desert with you guys. This
2: What's Saturday. Up? Oh, this
0: Saturday? Yeah. <laughs> okay, send me details. I swear I am going to come.
2: I will, you got it. All right, guys. Thank you. Bye, right, love. Bye. such well. a pleasure. Bye. Bye. Bye.
1: I really hope you enjoyed that awesome conversation as much as I did. And as always, thank you for your continued loyal support and your listening. A couple things. If you haven't already done so, make sure you go to Facebook right now and request to join our amazing private group. It's called Personal Development Without the Fluff. It's a quickly growing community with some amazing souls and amazing support. So if you've enjoyed this podcast, I can promise you, you will absolutely love that group. That's where we make all of our exclusive content available, as well as trainings that are just for the group accessible to you and your fellow Satorians. So make sure you request access to that group immediately. Also, if you haven't done so already, we've put together an incredible app. You can go to satoriprime.com forward slash app and get immediate access right now to a 10-part Mindset Reboot Training. It is an eye-opening, mind-expanding experience that you do not want to miss. Well, until we meet again, have an amazing day, my friend. I look forward to personally connecting with you and seeing how Satori Prime can help you in achieving your dream life real soon. Have an amazing day.